didn't see you there. Something big is going on here. From hunting ghosts to Bigfoot. Paranormal, UFOs, true crime, and more. We won't just be spouting articles. I was researching for your entertainment. Beginning of a new world. The best guac you'll ever fucking eat. True story. It's basically like one day you walk outside and you see that the ants are playing with matches. This, this is the Black Cat Report. Report. See you on the other side. While you're sitting on your back porch, sipping a beer and smoking a cigarette, or taking your dog out for a late evening walk, you should know. You're only alone from that which you know of, but you're known by that which knows you. Right now, ash-white faces with sunken black eyes stare down on you from the treetops. At eight feet tall, with long, thin limbs, they are moving with the silence of spiders, positioning themselves to get closer always keeping your back to their front as they follow and define your habits. This week, we're bringing you a new paranoia, the Pale Crawler. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 6 of the Black Cat Report. Now, while you lock your doors, we're going to handle a little housekeeping and introduce our hosts today. My name is Gil and I'll be your captain this evening. Uh, sitting across from me is the one and only videographer who could unblur Bigfoot, Betsabe. Hi. <laughs> uh, as well as the barista of the bazaar, Selena. Hello. And the producer of your nightmares, Joey. Yo. And joining us from across the pond on this 14 flight, our friend and cryptid co-pilot this evening, Chris. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> now, Chris is the man behind Strange States, one of my favorite sources for the weird and the paranormal. He cranks out content like no one's business and could easily have been a ghostwriter for Art Bell on Coast to Coast. Chris, how the hell are you doing this evening? Not bad. Not bad at all. Um, the England ladies team for soccer just won. We've beaten Germany 2-1, so I'm in a happy mood. Good. <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah doing good. <clears throat> nice. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And you're surviving the heat wave out there, I'm hoping. We had two days of it. Uh, the UK is um, a bit weird. We have we have several different weather states in about an hour. So you could have heat, snow, rain, and dry weather all in the space of an hour. It's got a bit weird. Climate change is a little bit um, gnarly where we're from. So yeah. yeah, we're surviving it. Yeah. So to begin our show today, we're going to get into some of the history and characteristics behind the pale crawler. Mm. What little is known or agreed upon about just what it is, there are a few reoccurring themes that come up in most people's encounters. Beginning sometime in the late 2000s to early 2010s, people began reporting run-ins with a strange, potentially new entity. And while some claim it's a cryptid, Theories behind the origin of the pale crawler can range from it being an unknown species of, of cave-dwelling ape to a demonic or even interdimensional creature. Humanoid in shape and standing around eight feet tall, the pale crawler is said to appear emaciated with white or even translucent skin. It has disproportionately long arms with sharp claws on its hands. Its face has no nose or ears but is highlighted by black, sunken eyes and a mouthful of fangs. If that's not enough, it's incredibly fast, known to chase people down in their cars, moving like a lizard on all fours. So basically just pure a tall glass of nightmare juice, you know, just <laughs> yeah. handed off to you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so appearing in both rural 
and urban environments, the vast majority of the sightings seem to be concentrated in the United States, east of the Mississippi, although it has been seen as far north as Alaska, and there appears to be a fair number of cases coming out of California recently. As for experiences, similar to how there is often an overwhelming smell present before encountering a Bigfoot, with the pale crawler there is a persistent, consuming feeling of despair witnesses report at the time leading up to and during an encounter, almost always building from an ever-distracting sense of being watched. As for interactions, there doesn't seem to be any documented physical attacks, just brief sightings, chases, and incredibly close calls. Sometimes the witness sees the creature and starts running, only to find it waiting for them near their home when they get home. <laughs> A little redundant. Uh, but only to find it waiting for them. This kind of says that the pale crawler has some sort of intelligence and is maybe studying people's habits, knowing where they're going from, and basically being a stalker. Right? I don't like that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> <No. laughs> can you not? <laughs> yeah. I think it. Honestly, reading through this, I feel like it should be called the pale stalker. <laughs> like, I know. Like, ninety percent of the time, people are saying it's standing on two legs. Um, and it's just stalking them everywhere they go. <laughs> it's pale stalker is a better sound, but there's probably a serial killer that already has that name somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. I had one of those in middle school. <laughs> hey then. <laughs> Not gonna elaborate Yee. on that. Just gonna leave that. There. Yeah, it's <laughs> no. like all right. This <laughs> this white kid in my school um, chewed a bunch of his like he chewed his lips a lot and he was really creepy. He got sent from another school for fighting or something, but he sat across from me in one class and then he started like hiding in bushes and stuff when I would walk by and like to watch me walk by. And then he'd like run to another bush and I'd be like, dude, Brandon, I know I, I can see you. <laughs> what? But he have, still tried his best. Have but, you looked yeah. this guy up? and to see if no. he's like now a serial killer <laughs> i haven't i just when he got away from me he fixated on someone else i was like thank you that is so uncomfortable why do people yeah. do that <laughs> might, i don't know there's a there's a slight chance that this might be somehow a good metaphor for advice and what to do if you come in contact with a pale crawler <laughs> <laughs> It's like, look over there, and then just run the other way and get them to focus on something else, hopefully. Um, yes. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so... I thought you meant calling them out, like, hey, oh, well, I, see you. <laughs> I see you. I see you. I see you over there. Hey, back off. So I say physical attacks, right? Um, and I, I'm kind of bringing that up on purpose, because there is a prevalent belief that the pale crawler feeds on the energy produced by fear. With some people recommending your best defense is to ground yourself emotionally while you walk, not run, away from the encounter. Essentially making yourself a less plump food source for this psychic chupacabra sucking out your energy through your lower chakra, right? Um, that being said, good fucking luck with that. That's all I'm gonna say. Kind of, I would take that in the sense of like, you know, a Yahoo answers. Like, you probably <laughs> don't yeah. want to follow yeah. that one. Um, so he's yeah, basically but... Batman. How he's so? Feeding on, he's feeding on their fear. Does Batman oh, do that? Yeah. 
he feeds why do rich here. people do that I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the fear of starvation the fear of homelessness the fear of your mom dying from a treatable disease they're always doing this to us because <laughs> that's what makes money god damn it um yeah so so at this point we have uh i i think i think it's fair to say that the pale crawler is a middle school stalker who's rich it's uh <laughs> fuck that mouth well right? we just you solved, solved it, it. Yeah, solved we it. solved it yeah. we solved it i'm throwing the script I'm his, throwing name the brandon. <laughs> his name is brandon he's in california um, <laughs> Brandon, if you hear this, don't contact us. Um, <laughs> you can contact us at haters at blackcat.report. Thank That's you. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but yeah, basically, what I'm trying to say is that, like, you know, it's got these giant claws, right? It's got these horrible fangs, and it's fast as hell and it's large. So, if it's not feeding psychically, that means it's a predator. Right, that that's that's everything that we know about evolution says that that thing is meant to kill. It's a creepy standing tiger that's just like running through your local forest, like trying to like hunt you down while you're walking your dog, right? Um, and some of this leads people to uh, kind of build a correlation, which I feel like this is starting to become um, almost a trope at this point. But they're starting to associate the pale crawler with the massive number of people that go missing every year in U.S. national parks, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I always study that a lot. I've, I've done a lot of research on the missing 411, probably not as much as David Paul Edes, but I'm getting there. I'm getting to the point where I know most of the cases, I know most of the circumstances. I'm researching things that other people have sent to me on strange states about their encounters in woodland within the US. It seems to be quite a US based issue. Um, and I had a little bit of a discussion, maybe an argument, but a little bit of a discussion with <laughs> someone on strange states who basically said, you know, it's, it's probably suicides or something like that. And I, I pointed out that there was 26,000 people um, missing in the US. Uh, in the last several years, just from national parks, not from urban environments, from national parks, 26,000 people who are not accounted for. That's a huge, huge number. That's from, uh, I think there's about 19 national parks now that I've got information on. Uh, Yellowstone alone was 1,600. Just vanished, vanished. Can't be located. Nothing's been found of them. Um, it's it, it it seems like someone's just plucked them, yeah, from where they stood. Uh, so it, it really sparked my interest, and I've, I've researched a lot of stuff. Um, it's and this pale crawler, Wendigos, dogmen, they are highly highly talked about within like the ancient uh, peoples of that era. So like the Navajos, the the Ute. The, the Cree, uh, Native Americans, they talk about these things quite openly and quite um, truthfully. And you can't discredit it just because you think it's, you know, paranormal or, um, you know, unproven. I always like to hear, I, I can, I'm, I'm a ju good judge of character. And when, I, when I hear these people speak, they believe it. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's a strange one. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that's, um, the, uh, have you seen the, the number for the U S as a whole for the average number of missing persons a year? So it depends when when we're looking at numbers and statistics and and data, it's really easy to say, well, this is a number for the whole of the U S but it needs to be more in depth than that. It needs to be more. So it's rural or urban age wise, um, man, woman, whatever gender that that person is. Um, And there's different criteria that I think is really important within the data because quite a lot of people, they get found or they turn up, sometimes sadly deceased, but a lot of times people turn up and, you know, they've been away for a little while. They've either gone of their own accord. Maybe they've been kidnapped. Maybe not. Um, But the, the huge number of people that have just disappeared and that's it disappeared never to be seen again and they range from the ages of two to 80 uh in age um but but as far as statistics for the whole of the us i couldn't give you a number i'm assuming it's a very high number (laughs) the the last i heard and i uh i mean you brought up most of the things i would have i would have questions about you know when i look at this number um I first heard it on another podcast and I, yeah. I literally, I was falling asleep, you know, listening to a podcast yeah. like I do, you know, listen to something about a something yeah. demonic and just fall asleep peacefully, you know? Um, yeah. But, <laughs> but uh, I had to get up, you know, like halfway, halfway falling asleep. And I was like, this is not right. This is, this is BS uh, over 600,000. Yeah. Over 600,000 people go missing without a trace in the United States every year. To put that into perspective, look at the lengths that we went to for COVID. And yeah. and I and I really want to point something out here. This is not a knock for how we responded to COVID. This is a call for we should apply that same energy yeah, yeah, <laughs> to yeah. dealing with six hundred thousand people yeah. going missing. Yeah. You know, it's um it's not it's not saying no you know hundreds of thousands of people that that's a big deal you know yeah. any any preventable death is a big deal for everybody that they love and for that individual themselves obviously you know mm-hmm. so I, i'm not going to minimize the individual in the in the statistics but i will say we have this fucking freak out yeah over thousands you know hundreds a day that you're looking at on the news Six hundred thousand people a year. That's the size of most of the cities in this country. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. It's insane. The, the issue is that you, you've hit the nail on the head, really, because the issue is why is it that we're talking about this now? Why is it that we're talking about it? Why isn't it yeah. on CNN, Fox, yeah. any MSNBC, BBC, ITV in the UK? Why isn't six hundred thousand people going missing every year? the biggest talking point in, 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 on the planet. Why isn't that a big talking yeah. point? The issue, I think the issue is, um, and I'm, I'm probably going off on one here, but I'm going to say it yeah. anyway. We it. are, we're living in a time where our interest is very quick. We're very yeah. fast to dismiss something. We swipe very fast, you know, yeah. um, it, we're living in that kind of generation and society where everything's quick, everything's at our fingertips, and we we lose interest really quick. Totally, and that's it's a sad thing, you know. But um, 
I don't know if that'll change. <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I think there was a study done about uh, our reactions and like how how quick we we let things go, and it was like a three seconds i think like yeah. you know they were talking about music or something like that or holding interest and it was like three seconds was like down from 30 years ago when it was like 30 seconds it was something yeah. crazy of like just it's just the way that twitter you know everything yeah. has kind of gotten our attention and the 24-hour news cycle that we have now because it's literally just either they're all talking about the same thing and then like one second something will come in and then the whole next two days will be about that same thing yeah uh, yeah. yeah i agree yep Well, well, do you think that it's not being reported like on the news and stuff because they probably know what's going on with this missing people and they just don't want to put it out there because they don't want to scare people or create kind of like the whole thing why they don't tell us about like UFOs and aliens because they just know about it, but they don't want to put panic out there. Um. So I think with a lot of the mainstream media, the big outlets, your, you know, CNNs, your Foxes, your over in this country, the BBCs, our biggest Sky News, maybe, <laughs> they don't want to be seen as anything other than factual. I think that's the problem. They don't want to give leeway to anything that could discredit them in any way, shape or form. If you cast doubt on a mainstream media's output of information, then the problem is, they're going to lose viewers, they're going to lose sponsorship, they're going to lose airtime, because people are going to see it as a nonsense. People are going to drop off. People like us, people who are interested in things that can't be explained, are willing to take everyone's individual uh, experiences and listen and think, okay, well, that makes some sense. That probably doesn't make some sense. And we weigh it up for ourselves. Like I said, we're, we're living in a... In a in a world now where um, attention spans are very short and credibility is very limited as well for people as well, um, which is a shame really because credibility is just what you project really. And if you're honest and you believe what you're saying, what's what's where's the harm in that? Where's the harm in researching something? George Knapp is a very good example. Um, a reporter that's won numerous awards and still seen as a bit of a fringe reporter because of all the things he did with Area 51 and Bob Lazar. He's an awesome reporter. He did lots of things on state corruption, um, corrupt police officers. The mafia. The mafia, yeah. Um, it needs more outlets to do it. It needs more mainstream media to just say, let's take a, a look at what's being reported. Maybe it's nonsense, maybe it's not, but let's let's see. But it's a shame, really. Yeah. So, so I guess in some sense to kind of, uh, kind of want to piggyback on all this to kind of, uh, well, get back into the pale crawler, but also kind of give, give an essence of some credibility to the pale crawler, right? So we kind of just went over the fact that uh, an obscene amount of people go missing without a trace in the U.S. Yeah. Uh, and I would. I would definitely venture to say disproportionately compared to other, uh, we'll say in huge air quotes, modernized nations, right? And yeah. I'm not trying to knock anybody here, knock anybody's way of life, but in the the current understood lexicon, right? Um, mm -hmm. 
so in other modernized countries like they don't have this same disproportionate per capita missing insanity they have almost the exact same types of crimes you know it's not like you know any particular crime uh uh, human trafficking, sex trafficking, murder. These happen everywhere. They've happened everywhere forever, right? Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, so to, so to kind of piggyback on top of that, you know, U.S. got a huge problem. And it's very interesting to, um, and I would kind of like to dig into this at some point, I guess, and kind of if I ever get time for my own research, um, how many of these missings, missing people uh can be correlated to major interstates and major highways throughout the country because something that you have in the United States is uh, at least um, east of the Mississippi, right? You have a massive set of infrastructure and then it kind of gets more and more spread out as we have uh, our version of the grain belt, as we have our farmlands, our, our quote unquote flyover states, and then you get out to California. You know, where it's like built up and stuff like that. Um, But a lot of the major human trafficking and things like that happen along this area, um, which in return, uh, most of the pale crawler sightings happen (laughs) in this area. (laughs) So who knows? I don't know. But if you look at the map, which I'll have a link in our show notes, um, somebody has been collecting uh you can fill out a form if you have a sighting and i'll have that link in the show notes as well somebody has been collecting and doing their best to verify uh pale crawler sightings and they've been creating a custom google map that you can go through and just click on these pins and it's just it's a wash east of the mississippi (laughs) and then it becomes more dispersed right um so but with all this said uh all this kind of begs to ask what the hell is it and what does it want from us with a name like pale crawler which is you know less than 20 years old uh creatures and cryptids that match its behavior and descriptions have been whispered about sorry with a name like pale crawler which is less than 20 years old creatures and cryptids that match its behavior and description have been whispered about and feared for as long as humans have been around some say it's actually the basis for the idea of the vampire which Honestly, if you put the vampire from the classic 1922 film Nosferatu side by side with depictions of the pale crawler, they look damn similar. Do y'all know what I'm talking about there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Silent film, which heads up Nosferatu is 100 years old this month. Or sorry, in June, a month ago. Just crazy to think wow. about. Wow. One of the best horror movies ever made. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, so... So yeah, while some folks think that it might be kind of the historical basis um, behind the idea of the vampire, which obviously some similarities, other folks say it's a dogman, a skinwalker, a wendigo, a forest school, and the list goes on and on and on and on. So what are these and why is or isn't the pale crawler just a new name for an old fear? To throw more fuel on the fire, people who have an encounter with something strange in their neighborhood, not knowing who they're going to call, call Reddit <laughs> specifically. 
<laughs> Thank y'all for catching that. Um, <laughs> specifically the subreddit, subreddit, Crawler Sightings, which is going to the, be the main source for our episode today. And without further ado, let's jump into the stories and the submissions. Sightings will usually be brief. A lot of times someone will just be driving late at night and they'll see um, a pale crawler just standing by the side of the road or hunched over on the side of the road in all fours and they'll just speed by and they'll just wonder forever what the fuck was that um, other times they'll just be walking on a trail and they'll see them off in the distance still others and this is where the psychical connection come in begin to haunt them begin to stalk them and begin to um, I guess inject themselves into the person's mind or into their consciousness. For our first story today, I'll be reading a post called Crawler That Chased My Car by Katrina984. We're gonna be going over Reddit usernames, gotta credit. Uh, please don't reach out and pester any of these people. Uh, I just wanna give credit where credit's due. Uh, yeah, comment on their post if you wanna message them or talk to them, but otherwise don't just go creeping into folks so again story crawler chased my car okay i want to preface this by saying that i've had a lot of shit happen to me on my grandparents land it's 75 acres of horror if you're not used to it i grew up so a lot of this didn't phase me too much so if my reactions are odd it's because this is my life and i'm kind of desensitized no, this is not the only thing to chase me after me in my car, but this one was different. Okay. Anyway, on with it. Okay, I was 17 years old, driving from my dad's house on the before-mentioned land, pretty late. I think it was around 11 or so. I had dropped something or someone off at my dad's house and was driving back into town to get my go to my mom's place. As I was driving down our long driveway, I kept seeing things move in the field. I didn't pay any attention, probably a rabbit or something. Things moving in the grass is normal. I get out to the road and I see something, someone in the ditch, just lying there. Me, being a girl, in a ragged old car at a place with piss poor signal in the middle of the night with no weapon on me, I floor it. I don't care. I figured I could call my dad later and take care of the possible drunk in the ditch. <clears throat> I'm driving down the road. Memory of the ditch person creeping me out. I get this awful feeling of being watched. I'm traveling down this road at nearly 60 miles per hour with no signal whatsoever. Okay, maybe I'm just overreacting, whatever. I still speed up because I want to get to signal and call my boyfriend because I know it'd make me feel safer. Then I see something, running alongside my car. Well, I say running, it was more skittering. Lanky limbs on all fours, running and keeping up with me going 60 miles per hour down a country logging highway. I think my brain kind of had an aneurysm at this point because I just keep repeating to myself, what the fuck, what the fuck? I'm getting closer to civilization though, so I floored, getting up to 80 and leaving it behind. I call my boyfriend, freaking out about what I saw. 
I pulled over at a little church with a light out in front of it, trying to logic it out. When I see the thing again, it's on the road, skittering towards my parked car. Before I have time to pull out the lot, it's on me, hitting my car hard enough to dent the rear bumper. I scream, squealing out of the lot and driving like a maniac towards town. I get into town and circle around the main area a few times, calming down before I go to my mom's. As a side note, a further description for the thing, it was, it was weirdly flat, like something trying to do a backbend but not bending. Its limbs were long and spindly with pale skin stretched too tight across its bones. It's crazy to think about this thing was like, if it's like bending, like hitting it hard enough to bend the bumper, you have to think about like strength, you know? And if it's like so lanky and there's no like, there's no muscle on this thing, right? So if it's just very lanky, is it, but it's hitting it hard enough to bend the bumper, that's a crazy thing to think about. So like, mm. <clears throat> yeah, it might have that farm boy strength though. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just like those skinny farm boys that are just out there lifting 500 pound logs and throwing them you know <laughs> like, maybe i don't know i mean it is like eight feet tall so like eh. i just feel so uncomfortable oh good we're recording this during the day on our end i know <laughs> sorry chris <laughs> yeah it's all right it You're sounds like yeah it sounds like um a classic Wendigo. It just sounds like, you know, a mangled Wendigo. You know, when you hear the word Wendigo, it's a, it's sunken eyes, uh, skin that's wrapped around its bones. A very common uh, description of a Wendigo. Um, the, the, so I've got a thing with stuff like this. I have my, my first question is always if someone tells me something like this, if someone relays like a story to me, I always ask myself, what's more likely? Mm. Is it more likely that it's an animal that's deformed? Mm. Is, it, is it something that can be explained? And then, like Sherlock Holmes used to do, you have to, if you take away all the element, elements that are, you know, uh, more standard, what you're left with is the truth. And, yeah. you know, it, it's hard to, you can't discount anyone's personal experiences with anything. I've had a few weird experiences, um, but it's it's hard to get your head around that something like that can exist. It really is, you know. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think you brought up a really good point there too, um, which is just that, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's so easy or it's, um, it's so socially accepted to yeah. discount other folks, yeah. right? Yeah. But Lord knows we'll go down, you know, fists of flailing if people try to do that to us. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. but, but to not offer up that respect to other folks is kind of like, you know, you immediately, they're crazy, they're this, they're that, they're da, 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 da. They're mistaken. It was a raccoon, you know, something ridiculous. It was, a, it was a weather balloon, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one of our government's favorite lines, right? So, um, you know, and it's just like, 
that weather balloon went at 12,000 miles and stopped at a dime and then it abducted my cow. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know? Weather balloon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah it's just like, y'all need to work on your weather balloons. Thank you for listening to the Black Cat Report and our creepy and skittery episode on the Pale Crawler, co-hosted by Chris from Strange States. You can follow us and Strange States on Instagram. Please also like, review, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. Let's get back to the creepiness. Next story here is Tall, Pale, Humanoid Figure and Strange Noises in the Woods by Mediocre Beans. I made an account literally just to post this because I have no clue what's going on. I live in central northern Massachusetts in the middle of the woods, but too far away from the center of town, maybe about a couple of miles. For the past few months, my family and I have become convinced our house is haunted, but I wasn't really bothered by it. Whatever it is isn't too much of a nuisance and hasn't done anything to harm us, so we don't really mind. It has mostly just been apparitions, things turning on on their own and our pets getting spooked by nothing. That was until the more physical things started to happen. And I'm not sure if they are somehow connected to the peaceful presence in our house. About a month ago, I was up late, around 3 a.m. watching YouTube. It was warm out, so I had my window open along with the curtain. Suddenly, I heard what sounded like a grown man angrily screaming right in our yard. My heart literally dropped and I was frozen in fear. Like I said before, we are in the middle of the woods and there are only a few houses around us. No one would be screaming in our yard at 3 a.m. I laid there for a few minutes, listening for anything else, and I even rewound the video I was watching to make sure what I heard wasn't just in the video. Finally, I got the courage to get up. I closed my window and woke up my mom, who I still live with, and she went around the house with me, turning on all the outside lights and seeing if there was anyone in our yard. There was nothing. I keep thinking about how if I hadn't laid there paralyzed with fear, I would have been able to see whoever or whatever it was. The next night, I slept with my window open again. Stupid. I know. And I had the most vivid dream I ever had. In it, I was watching myself sleep. But outside the window staring at me was an extremely pale face. It looked almost human, but not quite. I ended up jolting awake, completely terrified, and slamming my window shut and closing the shade. But I just kept having the dream over and over again for the next few days. Over the next few weeks, I kept hearing weird noises in the woods in broad daylight as well as late at night. It sounded like something was hitting branches with a stick. Even my dog heard it and was running around the yard barking up a storm in an attempt to defend the house. Fast forward to yesterday. My brother was home alone around 9 p.m. He went to let our dog outside, but when he got out onto our indoor porch, he saw something in the yard. 
The only light in the backyard was coming from the light inside the house. It illuminated a tall, humanoid figure, maybe about seven feet in the yard, standing about 15 feet away from the house, right in front of our fire pit. It had no clothes on. It was incredibly skinny, and it apparently was so pale it appeared to glow in the light. Thankfully, he didn't let our dog out and went inside, locking the doors and shutting the windows, waiting for our mom to go home. I know that he could just be lying, but when our mom got home, he was absolutely terrified, and basically he just hid in the living room until she got there. I've known him his whole life, and he has never lied about something like this, and is fact, a horrible liar, so I'm confident he's telling the truth. Currently sitting out on my indoor porch at around 8 p.m. typing this, waiting to see if I can spot it or at least hear something. I'm honestly debating on whether or not I should sleep out here. I did a little reading beforehand on some creatures and came across this subreddit for crawlers. When my brother describes it, he said it was standing completely upright. He didn't see it walk or crawl in any way. Could it still be a crawler? Are we in any danger, and is it possible that it is somehow connected to the paranormal stuff that has been happening in our house? So again, kind of like uh, summarizing or wrapping up the story, right? Um, the first encounter, the first uh, experience where the protagonist was aware of what was going on, uh, there was a man screaming in their yard, 3 a.m., right? And the person was also fully aware, we live in the middle of nowhere. Why the hell is there a man in our yard screaming? Right. And then dreams started to come in. And what's important here in the connection for me, at least in my mind, a trail of breadcrumbs, clues, is the person made a point to say how paralyzed they were, how frozen in fear they were when they heard somebody screaming in their yard. They never saw a figure. They never saw anything. But then they started to dream about it. And not just dream, but dream in the third person about it, separated from the self, almost like their consciousness was separated, right? And trying to show them what was happening. Um, and this is my own thing that I'm interjecting here, but maybe in real time, showing them what's happening, right? Is kind of a psychic... Uh, uh, instinct, right? Then later, their brother, which we have to assume the family heard about the story. He went, woke up his mom, his mom went around the house, turned on lights, they all looked for it, right? Um, but his brother saw a creature standing not too far from their house, not too long after all this happened. So I guess I want to ask, like, well, how is that hitting everybody? How, what are y'all thinking about that? <laughs> because like, I have no clue how to make heads or tails of this. I think he's an alien. You think so? Yeah. I mean, just the way it sounds. Um, and also how a lot of people that have had encounters with aliens, they always mention either they appear in a dream first, like how mm. he described and, um, and they get paralyzed as well. Like, that you know like they they see themselves from above and they're experiencing all that but they can't move 
So um, what do they call it? Um, like an out-of-body experience? But you're awake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or sleep paralysis? Yeah, both, yeah. I guess. Um, and a lot of people that have had encountered that, they experience both. And then also it moves into the family as well. And just the way his brother describes it, that he was just standing there and he was super pale. You know, it, to me, it doesn't sound like the the crawler. It sounds more like a alien type of experience. Um. So I'm I'm thinking about like, but the night before they heard growling noises. You know, so so you could kind of talk about that as like both of those experiences and the stories you told. They do feel like they were similar experiences because they chase. Well, this one, ch- the first one, like chased this person. Um, yeah. The second one didn't really chase this person, so I don't know why the the person telling the second story would want to sleep outside after they heard a bunch of growling noises and everything. Mm-hmm. So to me, I'm like, why would you do that? Exactly. <laughs> but, why? Why are you guys still in that house from the beginning? Like they should have went somewhere else. It feels like to me a scary movie where they keep doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. And you look at it and watch it and you're just like, please don't do that. <laughs> do the opposite of everything there. Yeah. Um, go somewhere yeah. else. Yeah, so just to me, it does feel like they're, I guess, kind of similar, but they might not be the same thing. I don't know. It, it There is psychic parts to it because she was having dreams. In the first one, they didn't describe that unless mm-hmm. they just didn't they just didn't tell it. Yeah, you know, could yeah. could have been nightmares that you some people have vivid, like vividly remember dreams and some people just forget. So mm-hmm. maybe one of the other person forgot that they had the dreams afterwards but i mean if something had chased me down in a car and like almost dented the hood as i was driving 60 miles per hour i would have dreams afterwards of that happening yeah. and nightmares nightmares that's so. that's ptsd and an insurance claim like you going <laughs> yeah. to remember <laughs> you mm-hmm. know yeah 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 I mean, who would how who would believe you? <laughs> Your car, like, <laughs> I'm sorry, my car's dented. Like, that would be the most fantastical story. You know, you have a Sherlock Holmes investigator that's just like, hmm, Watson. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you got to be a real like, um, a real shit liar, and one of the most creative people on the planet at the same time. Which often. Uh, you know, uh, those two do, they are, uh, they do go hand in hand, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. normally good liars, very creative people, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not often you have this distinct split between I can make this fantastical story of this giant beast appearing in the ditch, which I originally thought was a drunk man, that da 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 this and that and the other, and that's why my car is dented, like, mm-hmm. You know, I, it would have been more believable for that person to speak like, a meteor hit it and I couldn't find the meter. Like, you know, <laughs> like, you know, a branch fell on it while I was driving. Anything, anything at all. But like, you would have to be so creative to come up with this elaborate hoax, you know, this elaborate, uh, this story, right? Um, and, <laughs> but you would also have to be an idiot to use that story to explain why your car is dented. <laughs> It would be easier for you to just lie at that point and just be like, yeah, a tree fell on it. Here's a branch that I dragged over and set on the back and took a photo of, you know, like, what the hell? Do you think, though, do you think that when you you read these stories, 
and you read these encounters that people have had with whether it be a cryptoid whether it be a, you know uh, an alien experience or anything to do with the paranormal you're only going by like one person's account of what they perceived my in my experience when i've talked i've talked to many many people about many different things in the paranormal i always lean towards believing an incident that's been seen by more than one person totally and when you read one person's account although you can't discredit it because that's their their experience of what happened they're still telling you their version of what happened their version it's like Mm -hmm. i mean 10 different people can see one incident and give you 10 different accounts of it and which is which is the, the the correct account usually from my experience and i've talked to hundreds of people online i've interviewed countless people about their experiences whether it be ghosts whether it be cryptoids at canic chase where i'm where i live near um and they all seem really genuine they all seem really you know this happened to me this happened and i want you to believe me um but my skeptical brain and i'm quite skeptical i just think if just one more person was there with you that would corroborate your story or even two people, you know, I just think we're onto something here, but usually it's one. So it's interesting. That second story is interesting because the brother then gave an account of what he thought was outside, which that's, that always seems a bit more credible to me. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say in the first one with the 17 year old, thinking about it like we're talking about the insurance investigation like they were driving 17 going to their parents house and have dents in their car not you know completely completely discounting the whole story because obviously it's a personal experience and it's hard to but like just to come from another side of it if like you want to be super skeptical about it like this person was 17 years old driving their car and they they get a dent in their car in their back you know just thinking about it looking at it like is that maybe they hit something or we're going just too fast or something like that and wanted to have a weird story. But then again, like you're saying, who would come up with like this pale crawler came and hit the back <laughs> yeah. of my car, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, no, it's just like that sort of happened to me. Like I was like, I don't know, 22, 23, I don't remember. But it was here in Nashville, and I was on my way to see a friend. And like this light, it was dark, and this light just came to me, towards me. And like it totally blinded me, and then it disappeared. But when I did that, I was like literally turning. So I fell into a ditch. Holy um, fuck. And I was like telling my sister, I was like, I saw this light just com- coming towards me. It was really bright, and then it just disappeared. But as I was doing that, because I thought it was going to like crash onto me because in my brain i'm thinking it's just a car that has really bright lights yeah um so when i turned to not get hit by a car i i I like fell into a ditch um so my sister just thought that either i was like drunk because i i drank like a glass of wine before i left her house oh you Um, were shit-faced i know you were shit i can why are you even telling us this you ought to be ashamed as i sip my beer um (laughs) 
but I honestly, until this day, I don't know what it was. Like, it just, my sister was like, oh, it was probably a motorcycle and you're drunk and you did something stupid. Um, but to me, I was like, no, gotta love your siblings. Was... I know, right? <laughs> She's so terrible sometimes. No one supports uh... you like a sibling. <laughs> hey, yes. my sister is one of the Just biggest. Just kidding. My sister, my sister is great, actually. My sister is great, but she doesn't take me seriously at all. Like, especially back when I was really young. Uh, she just uh, was buzz or drunk, whatever. Um, but yeah, like I, that's my, the story I told, you know. But obviously, they didn't believe me that this crazy light was coming towards me, and I fell into a ditch because I'm drunk, you know. So, mm -hmm. I totally get that. <laughs> yeah, I mean. And I mean, like, hoaxers have been around as long as liars have been around, which I think as long as language has been around, there's been liars around. Um, so, like, you know, that's the thing. And and some of this does read like a creepypasta. Um, and and I'm totally down to, to say that. Um, you know, like I've said a, a few times now, I've had to dig through so many different reports to find something that actually would be uh, juicy right would actually be beefy for the listeners um that didn't seem too uh can't believe i'm saying this but too woo for the topic that we're that we're saying right you know and um because so many of the reports are literally you know five sentences it's just like i was driving down the road late at night my girlfriend noticed something on the side of the car i looked over it was a tall humanoid we sped away as quickly as we could that's it you know like like and and they're almost almost to the point of copy and paste like just reading through it like i just had to keep digging through years and years and years of these posts and something that stood out to me um and made me want to you know approach this as a subject to begin with was the sheer number of these moments right and so while we give credibility to uh the the multi-perspective witness situations yeah um i had to ask myself a question like at a certain point with so many people repeating the same thing over and over and over again does it not start to lend itself to the same form of credibility right where it's just like well, yeah but goddamn dude there's like thousands yes thousands and thousands and thousands almost exactly the same and they're not written like somebody's trying to be the modern age shakespeare it's just very simple like this like i really hope most of these people aren't trying to pursue a writing career they're terrible you know <laughs> like it's just a, it's just a basic i saw something okay cool bye you know and that's it and i don't even really see them that active on the community afterwards or anything like it's not even like they're trying to build clout right and so you have to start to ask yourself, at least for me, where I'm just like, why the hell would somebody do that? <laughs> you know, why would I find this incredibly obscure cryptid, which nobody gives a fuck about, right? And then uh, post this three sentence story and then just leave and only answer like one or two questions and never really pop up again. But then for thousands of people to do that, like, is that some new form of psychosis? I don't know, but, <laughs> but, like, but it's an interesting thought to me where I was just like, well, shit man <laughs> you know so it, i don't know that's interesting you say that that the psychosis bit um you get that a lot with 
ghost encounters psychosis mm. multiple psychosis so quickly i i'm i'm a bit of a skeptic even though i run strange states i'm i'm a real skeptic on i you need to prove it to me if i'm going to believe it so um in the uk there's to go off topic a little bit in the uk there's a there's a place called 30 east drive which is a house and it's in the middle of a what we call a council estate a bit of a deprived area but you know nice enough um and it's supposed to be the most haunted house in the uk and i wanted to go uh yeah. because i'm very skeptical and i went with the most skeptical head on my shoulders that you can imagine i didn't want to believe a thing when i went in there the the events that we went to was supposed to be nine hours I lasted five and left. I left, and I'm I'm a, I'm a former professional fighter. Not a lot of things scare me. I'm, I'm you know I'm, I'm a bit funny with clowns and stuff, but not a lot of stuff scares me. <laughs> I I was petrified, petrified when I left that place. I then became a believer in something, um, and that's to me. You have to experience stuff. You have to give the, the 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 thing the chance to show itself, and whether that's a cryptoid or whether it's a, a ghost or a, you know, you have to look for these things. But you have to go at it with an open mind. Now I went to this house with a real skeptical mind. I, I was wanting to prove it was bullshit from the start, and within air within an hour of me getting there, I was questioning the guy who was putting on the event. I was having a bit of a, a go at him, actually. I was saying, this is all bullshit, and you're doing things in the house. Within two hours, I knew he wasn't doing anything. Within three hours, I was upstairs in a bedroom, wondering why things were moving around me, and getting, getting bits on film as well. Uh, the psychosis thing is really interesting. When you're doing things on your own, you've only got your own experience and your own thought process to try and process what's going on when a few people are seeing it that adds to the credibility but like the i think a good point was made then the the reddit kind of thing is a phenomenon now it's like the the social media thing everyone wants to comment on something whether it's a good thing a bad thing whether it's something that you want to comment on um and people just like to comment on stuff i think you know, they'll add a little bit to add fuel to the fire. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a strange one. Yeah. It's a hard thing to navigate. And now, and now a message from our sponsors. Oh, man. Chupacabra have been killing all my chickens again. That's no problem. What? Why? Because you're about to have Bigfoot Brew by Highland Coffee. The only coffee strong enough to help you kick a chupacabra's... Wow, thank you, Mr. Announcer Guy. I'm going to go stomp this cryptid. Highland Coffee is now responsible for medical bills accumulated during conflict with actual cryptids. Thank you to our sponsors. Now back to the podcast. Next story uh, is by a Reddit user, which after thousands of hours of scouring Reddit for both personal, professional, and paranormal research-based reasons... Um, has hands down the best username anyone on this planet has ever heard. This next story is called 
My Experience on a Full Moon Night by Pinche Avocado. <laughs> Did you choose the stories because of the people's names? <laughs> no, it's a damn good story. And then I looked at the name and I was like, this is incredible. And it's like a little Reddit character inside of an avocado like, like suit. And I'm like, oh my god, this is great. <laughs> I love it. And this is a for real shout out. I want to give a shout out to Pinche Avocado. You... <laughs> I thought I was good when I got the YouTube handle Skinwalker Ranch Dressing. I thought I was fucking solid <laughs> when I grabbed that. You know, um, you win, brother, sister, fam, whoever you are, you win. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> right again. Uh, my experience on a full moon night by Pinche Avocado. So for a while now, I've been calling crawlers skin gates. I feel like they go by a lot of names, so I don't know what to call it. My sighting occurred back in 2013, at the end of summer. I was about 20 years old. When this happened, I had no clue these things existed in folklore or horror movies. I don't watch horror movies still to this day because I feel like they mess with my head. So what I saw, I had nothing to base off of. I thought I was crazy for a while. This happened at my parents' house out in the country. They had a couple of acres of land, and the orchards are right behind them. Hundreds of acres of almond trees surrounding them, and about four miles away, there's a good-sized river. There's also canals out there. My family grows wheat, and it was about time to harvest it. So on this night, my dad and uncle decided to go out and asked my cousin and his friend to watch over the crop. I decided to tag along because I wanted to hang out with my cousin's friend, who I had a big crush on. So we're out there, probably an hour or two in, and we hear a commotion in the orchards. It doesn't sound like any animals we know, and it was pretty loud for a couple of seconds dies down and we waited about a minute or two to go check it out. Two people stay and the rest of us decide to go see what's up. It's a full moon out that night and for me it seems pretty much like daytime. It's easy to see and everything is lit up. Orchards usually have a couple of dirt paths that are a bit bigger than the rows themselves for easier transport of machines, sprayers, and whatnot. So we take one and we walk it up a ways. I squat here and there to see below the tree lines, to see if I can make out any humans or cars that aren't supposed to be there. There's nothing. We're about two orchards in and decide to head back right then. I get the worst feeling in my gut. It's like this primal fear that makes me want to run, but I feel frozen too. I look to my right. And about four or five rows in, I see this thing. It was tall, gangly, about seven or eight foot tall, and it was walking parallel to us. I could see its side profile of its face and make out its sunken cheeks and what looks like hollow eye sockets, but deep. Its skin is grayish white, and the skin texture reminded me of a dolphin skin. It was flesh and bones, but not in any starving way, more like that how it's built naturally. 
I don't know why, but it never once looked at us. I really wanted to run, but I felt like if I did, it would give chase. So I stayed next to my friend, and I didn't say anything to them because they like trouble. We rounded the corner, and it disappeared from my view. I questioned myself a lot. My most vivid memory, though, is seeing the changing shadows on its face slash head while walking through the trees. I haven't seen one since, and I hope I never do. It makes me question what else is out there that I don't want to find out. Mm. Spooky! I mean, but then how did her friends not see it? <laughs> yeah, so I don't know how anybody else didn't see it. Um, I'm guessing they were all just like, so there's a, there's a thing, there's a theory that I have. When you're hyper paranoid, you become fixated on expectations and you become blind to what is completely obvious. And I don't think that's a jump. I think that people experience that a lot of times they're not aware of it. So I think these folks were expecting to see legs. They were expecting to see feet. They were expecting to see car. They were expecting to see the DEA, the Drug Enforcement Agency, right? You know, they're expecting to see things like that happening out at this, this pot farm. And when they weren't, anything that wasn't fitting that narrative, they were just blind to. And I think that this person was uh, the, the protagonist here. Um, you know, uh, our awesome protagonist, Pinche Avocado, I think that uh, they <laughs> were a little bit more crossed between the situations. They were seeing uh, the situation for why everybody's distracted, why they're distracted, but they were also distracted by like having the crush on their cousin's friend. And they were kind of, because they were so distracted, they were a little bit more grounded in the moment. I I do want to say something like Chris said earlier about more people seeing it and more stories surrounding it, like two people. Like for me, the 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 most credible story that we've that I feel like we've heard so far was when the brother and this I think the sister telling the story are the two people in the house both had similar ex well both had experiences with this. So I feel like in you know kind of talking with Chris about this, it's like, it feels like that that is more believable because more people had experiences with it instead of like this one where there's a few, or, or the the first one where they both had small experiences. Like the first one, it was just one person. This one, it's a bunch of, it seems like there's a couple people watching it, but only one gets it. So, and, and judging by like how four of us are you know when we were out in the woods especially that red uh thing we saw in the sky and then also the brown mountain lights that we we all experienced it and it wasn't like one of us being like oh i saw something and everybody else like well i didn't see anything for all of us we all experienced those things at the same time granted we all might have differing you know again like you know angles of it but that lends to more truth right i feel like if there's all different angles of it then it's more truth but if everyone's saying the same thing then it feels like it's you know feels like it's a rehearsed story so to me the most credible one that i've heard so far is the person the two people and the two people the brother who was sitting there and saw this thing 
and then her who had all these visions and then also mm -hmm. heard it so do, do you think do you think though um with these stories do you think that it, it matters who's telling the story what kind of person they are what kind of background they're from do you think that matters because if you think back to i don't know whether you've heard of a, of a guy called david Fryver, who was a pilot and he saw the tic tac and he, he followed mm -hmm. the tic tac yeah when you hear him speak he's very articulate he's very matter of fact about what he saw but one thing that Joe Rogan said that lends credibility to his story is that he was an aviator. He was a guy that doesn't deal in nonsense. You know, those planes are worth $70 million. They don't give those to idiots. They don't mm. give them to people who are having, you know, episodes in their head, you know. Mm -hmm. I, think it, I think it depends on who's telling the story. I'm more likely to believe a young person, maybe a 13, 14, 15 year old, that has no attention seeking behavior in terms of wanting to tell you a story that's gonna make you go, oh, that's, that's crazy. They just see what they see, kids. Then someone who's maybe, maybe attention seeking and you know jumping on a bandwagon of, well, this happened to me because I've read this story or, you know, I think it does depend who's telling the story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I usually don't believe people that, I mean, especially nowadays, like you were saying earlier, uh, all these people that, that have like a bunch of followers, uh, they have a huge media presence. I usually, I'm like, I don't believe those people because I feel like like they're just doing that for you know attention for to get famous you know but when it's like I don't know like stories like right now that Gilbert's reading I yeah. do feel like those people are more believable no matter their age I don't know like when it comes to like the stories like like Gilbert was saying you know they're just like I saw it it happened goodbye you know like they're not yeah. trying to like you know, get attention or anything. They're just telling their experience. Um, but, but yeah, like most people, like the that they're doing it on like Instagram, on Twitter, yeah. on social media with big followers. I'm like, man, these people are just trying to to get famous somehow. You yeah, know? yeah. Think thinking about too of like young kids talking about uh, giving accounts for it, like. There, I guess there is a difference in if kids are offered, like, when they were interviewing kids for the Memphis Three killings, uh, mm -hmm. they would give them, like, candy if they said that yeah. they did something right, you know? Yeah. And they're like, here you go, have some candy for telling us that these were satanic cultists that murdered them. And the kids were like, oh, I'm doing something awesome? Cool, like, I'll keep making up these yeah. fantastical things. But if there's no reward to them, and it's like first off and there's no like prompting like the first thing they say is like oh i just like saw this thing i feel like that is probably the truth yeah 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 agreed yeah and it's hard to it's hard to know like you know like some of these uh ufo documentaries we were watching especially the ones about the kids in the documentary when they all said that they saw the same thing 
uh, from different the aerial phenomenon. Yeah, the aerial phenomenon when they all saw the same thing, but from different viewpoints. And it doesn't feel like these kids were prompted. I mean, you know, they're older at the time, but when they first saw these things and drew it, it doesn't feel like they were fed anything to tell them. And you could tell like it was very genuine, you know? So like talking like tend to believe young kids. Yeah. It's because most of them are un, they haven't been taught a lot of bias or been unadulterated. Yeah, adulterated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, sure. So again, going towards that, I feel like it's probably you're right about that. That kids are, you know, more more genuine in it. The more honest, I think, the, that they haven't got the agenda that adults have. Adults have always got agendas. Mm-hmm. The nicest adults have got an agenda. You know, um, kids tend to give you their account of how they saw it, and sometimes it's a little bit muddled up. But you can you can always trust that it's a genuine one, you know. Especially if it's like kids about 10, 11, where they haven't really got... Kids at that age, they tell white lies. They tell little lies. They don't tell big lies, you know. Um, so I'm always more likely to believe that from a, from a, a younger child. And it does seem like it's a little, little easier to kind of parse out the little lies... You know, yeah, yeah. as an adult, when you're listening to him, instead of like, you know, a kid st- telling a ghost story of like, oh, I was just sitting there and I the door opened and I saw this kid walk through um, yeah. and then I played with him. And then, you know, that's how like the Snickers got out on the floor when I was trying to eat him. It's like, <laughs> OK, well, like there might have been some truth. There might have been a little white lie in there. But yeah. some of the truth might be that there's probably ghosts in that house, you know? <laughs> oh, Somewhere. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Thank you for listening to the Black Cat Report and our Pale Crawler episode. Oh, God. They're here. If you can still hear me, please like, review, and subscribe wherever you hear this. Follow us on Instagram to make sure I'm okay. Oh, God. They're here. So I believe it when they say, you know, it's a pitch by, you know, it's a, it's a dark forest it's a pitch black forest when you're walking around it. Right. And uh, they're walking, they turn around. There's one story in specific, you know, in particular where they turn around and there's four pale crawlers or pale crawler esque type beings that are standing on the trail directly behind them. And obviously they freak the fuck out and run away and go into the house, you know, um, not a huge reveal, not a huge climax, um, not the best thing to deliver in an audio format, like a podcast, but, th- but I'm trying to point out here, those stories exist. A lot of them, the first, first pale crawler story that I heard was, uh, a lady talking about how her husband has a temper and this and that and the other, they were driving on this road. Uh, they thought that there were dogs up ahead of them on this curvy road. They were just standing by the side of the road while they were turning at night. Then they got closer, and and as they got closer, these dogs in their field of vision just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Not because they were growing in size, but because their perspective and their assumption was changing as they were approaching. And they're like, wait a second, these things are massive. Wait a second, what are we driving up next to? And then they realize it's a essentially a classic pale crawler type of entity that's just standing by the side of the road. 
as they approach it. And then they speed off, they sped off like a bat out of hell, obviously, you know. So, so there are cases and reports of groups of folks. They don't, in my experience, tend to be as uh, well narrated, right? Um, again, not a knock. Um, but they do exist. And again, you know, uh, to me, I have to go back to this sheer number. Like the sheer number of people seeing it with individual incidences. And there is an argument. Um, if we go back to something like, uh, oh, shucks, what do we call it? The, uh, the gate, right? Um, one second here. Yeah, so skin gates, right? So something skin gates as a folklore, I'm not super familiar with, but I know a tiny amount. Um, they will slowly... Picture a horror movie, classic horror movie. Everybody's together at a camp, and there's six people at first, seven people. One gets picked off. Another gets picked off. Another gets picked off. Another gets picked off over the course of a long night until finally the protagonist is sitting there talking to him like, I don't know what happened to Aaron. And then they don't realize that they're talking to the gate, which is disguised as somebody else in their group, right? You know, so there are, again, going back to older folklores, older stories of things with these behaviors. So does the pale crawler have a similar MO, modus operandi, right? Like, does it have a similar style of like, it's trying to pick off individuals? A good predator doesn't go after a herd. A good predator goes after an individual. It goes after that gazelle with a limp. <laughs> it doesn't care about the herd. It goes after the children, the babies, the this, the that, the anything that it sees that it's like, gotcha, bitch. Like, and it's like, goes in for it, right? So you've got, to put, you've got a good point there. So you're saying that the statistics are 600,000 people going missing in the US, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And there is, what, 30,000 Reddit stories about the, the, the power crawler? Uh, over 30,000 uh, subscribers to the... Subscribers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But plenty, but plenty of people telling this story. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah. So so let's be conservative, conservative and say 1% are telling the truth of what they saw. Yeah. We'll say 1%. And we'll be conservative and say 1% of that 600,000 could have seen the same thing and they're not here anymore. To tell the tale so when when you look at the because you gotta look at evidence so when you look at the evidence you were saying that, that that no one's ever reported being attacked really by these things but if one percent of that six hundred thousand is still missing who knows if this isn't something to do with that if you know it could be a sasquatch it could be a you know a skinwalker it could be i believe Personally speaking, I believe a lot of these things are one and the same. A lot of these things are a form of the same thing, you know. And personally speaking, I think they're very real. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's like a paranormal dimensional shifting entity. I think it's an animal. I think it's something we haven't seen yet or we've only seen. Yeah, I think it's flesh and blood. Yeah, I do. Um, because there's mutations of stuff as well, all the time. My dad 
he, he told me once he saw a deer in a field with two heads and it looked just freaky. But it was literally a deer that was mutated. That was all it was. It, it had half a dead head and its real head. But to look at it, it was something like off a horror film. But it was flesh and blood. They ended up shooting it and it was a it was deformed deer that had grown up just with this half a head, you know, hanging off it. I believe it's I believe it's a real thing, whatever it is. Yeah, I mean it makes sense. Um even like the the people that have seen it and how come we haven't seen it? But it's the same like as people that have sightings of bears. Like there's so many people out there that have never seen a bear. Yeah. Live, mm-hmm. but then there's other people that have seen it or tigers or any other animal not everyone's seen even just basic really regular animals that we're so used to seeing so why can't this thing be real just because not everyone's seen it i forgot just heard it maybe it was gilbert telling it but it's like we believe everything that's like below the ocean or maybe you were posting or something we believe everything below the ocean and like and we haven't seen it like there's those fish with like the little things on the top of their heads angler fish there's stuff like that Mm -hmm. there's crazy stuff we haven't seen down at the bottom of the ocean which we haven't researched much why can't there be some stuff that's evolved up here that we also don't see and a great predator also is not seen very much so, like, out of the 600,000 people that are, you know, missing, 1% of that is 6,000. So, it's, like, in the grand scheme of things, that's not a lot, but still enough to feed something, you know, or a few things, yeah. you know, for a lifetime, you know. And who knows if these things are producing, and slowly there's more of them coming out. That way, you know, we start hearing more stories recently because they've been breeding more. Hell, and, like, honestly... uh hell of a success rate you know like as a if if we're gonna look at it as a flesh and blood creature right some of the best predators right when you're watching the animal planet right discovery channel and stuff like that at 3 or 4 a.m whatever and they're like it has a 62 percent success rate in killing its prey you know like um you know we it's kind of like uh um history is only written by the victors right we all know that adage uh well, survivor stories are only written by the survivors. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> and so like we we don't know and we have to we have to lend that uh, that 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 question to like okay, how many people were jogging? Yeah. Right? And mm-hmm. came they didn't have some giant, you know, pit mix with them that like loves the hell out of them and is the biggest puppy on the planet, but I swear to God, if you came near that family, it would have ripped you apart. You know, how many of people didn't have that sweet little pit with it that uh would have backed it up in a fight? And that crawler clearly being intelligent enough from these experiences that we can piece together where it knows where your home is and knows what you're doing at night. It's following you, you know. Crawler sees that pit bull, sees that 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 mutt, and sees that mix, right? That cute little dog or whatever, and it's just like I ain't. I'm gonna wait until my opportunity because a good predator waits for an opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, it it waits to see them away from their herd, them away from their group, right? And so, you know, inside of a steel car, that predator might have been like, I got you, and like goes in, starts beating on it, and the person's like, I still got gas, <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and they take off, you know? 
Um, there's not a lot of, there's a few stories that came across where people spot them and the pale crawler seems to be confused. It seems to be startled. It's like, oh shit, you saw me, you know, or it almost seems like they popped up on the pale crawler and the pale crawler is like, ah, you, <laughs> you know, you creeped on me this time. <laughs> like you scared it, you know, but those are, those are few and far between a lot of times it's just kind of this long stalking process right and it really seems like a almost in some cases like a serial killer or whatever where like it it just like they pick their target and they learn about them and they da 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 da, da until they build up this entire narrative in their mind that fits with this person's lifestyle and they go in and get them you know so how many of them do you think they are like if you could guess so that's a weird thing too um that hasn't been fully approached here in the examples i give but one of the few things that are agreed upon is nobody seems to remember seeing which in all fairness i wouldn't either uh any genitals like any type of traditional mammalian like organs like present on them Right. Which if I was seeing an eight foot tall, skinny, emaciated thing that was staring at me and like running it super fast, I wouldn't be looking for its, you know, dingling, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. I wouldn't be like, nice rack you got there. You know, like I'd be running for my life, you know, I'd be yeah. scared as hell, you know. So like, I don't know, you know, do they breed? How do they breed? If, if it's flesh and blood, it, it has to breed. It has to. But the... So what you're saying, you're correct in the fact that, look, on a dog, you'll see genitals. On a cat, you will see genitals. But on a lot of animals, they're covered horses. It's really inward, really. And someone who's scared, who's seen an eight-foot, skinny, bony, creepy-looking thing, I wouldn't have thought was going to go from its head with <laughs> straight to its nether regions and think, oh, shit. No, Dick. Oh. <laughs> um, Mental note, what would, yeah. What, what would be interesting, what I'd like to understand is, you said there was a Google map and it was pinned where all these people were, where they saw this thing. I'd like to, I'd like to know how many cave systems were along those. Bingo, my friend. Yes. Massive amounts of cave systems next to where pale crawler sightings happen and furthermore there was a zoologist right who wrote an incredible write-up and he he basically outlined he said um i'm fascinated by the pale crawler because this is my job is to take animals identify them identify their habitats identify their behavior um people's experiences with them put all these puzzle pieces together and outline the general bio of an animal species. That's my, my fucking career, right? That's my job. And he goes through and outlines with the crawler from reading through experiences. This makes sense. It's, it's more or less stuck to a region, a general climate, a general habitat. Furthermore, if it does live in type inside of cave systems, like like you were just saying, Chris, um, that explains the pale skin. Yeah. 
<laughs> that explains the eyes, that explains the movement. Um, it would be an outlier in the sense that there are no known large mammals that live inside of cave systems, but that doesn't mean it couldn't exist, right? No. But but it's massive eyes, it, the fact that it's generally almost exclusively seen at dark, right? When it's hunting and stuff like that, it's behavior, it's everything about it screams, this thing came out of a cave. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so makes a lot of sense. And I, I honestly, reading through it, I kind of got the feeling of as I was just kind of sitting there like, are these things just coming out when they run out of food in their cave? Uh, yeah, I was thinking about it when we we're just talking about it. Uh, so you said like some of them would be surprised when people say like the pale crawlers surpri surprise like, oh, there's somebody here. What if yeah. there is like a bunch of them and the pale crawlers that are like hunting people in this way have seen humans before, you know, and like there, there's a bunch of them. So like they have seen humans, so they're not surprised. And they're also like, hey, let's let's hunt these people like we that we can find them as food. But other ones that haven't seen humans before get surprised because there's this big thing that's almost as big as they are, which they're not used to seeing, you know, or just walking and talking that they're not used to seeing. So maybe that's could be a part of it too. There's so many things that are being completely like just debated right around the pale crawler. You can't go post to post without seeing people just, it's a Wendigo, it's a dog man, it's a dog man with mange, it's a Wendigo dog man with mange, you know, it's anything that you can think of, you know. Um, people are just constantly going down this list of, uh, of different cryptids, different uh, things, right? Um, and it's all over the place, but, but I guess I kind of wanted to bring this up because I feel like it's, uh, it's an exciting subject, you know, uh, yeah. if we, if we were around, if we were born at the time of, right. And we could discuss, um, when the first Bigfoot film came out, mm. you know, if we were 10 years into that, 12 years into that, what would our conversation be? And we might be having that conversation right now 12 years into the pale crawler like coming out into the, the only way the only way you're going to get to the bottom of that is looking at the areas where these sightings were looking at the cave systems and making it so that they were explored properly because that's the issue isn't it that's the issue mm -hmm. it's not been explored properly because mm -hmm. again like i said before the media doesn't take it seriously, and that means the authorities won't take it seriously. COVID, COVID had to be taken seriously because it was bombarded on the media that much that people were scared, and people were rightly scared, and people were getting ill. And when you've got the media on board, this is the power of the media. When you've got the, the mainstream media on board, people start to take notice. I guarantee you, if MSNBC, CNN, whatever you've got in the United States, if, if the BBC said, tomorrow, we've seen a UFO and we think it's real. Everyone has started to take notice because mm -hmm. the people who are supposed to know are telling you something that you should know. Whereas if me and you or the guys here are saying, well, we think this is happening in America, it's, yeah, you're crazy. See ya. That's, that's <laughs> what you get. You get the palm, you know. And now let's now interview let's Chris now. from Strange, Strange States. 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 Do you mind telling our listeners a little bit about Strange States, about what you cover? Um, 
what you do, what your goal is, maybe, um, and maybe well, what do you have lined up in the future? So Strange State started with me being bored during lockdown and <laughs> not being able to train, um, not being able to punch people in the face with training. Uh, and I'm always interested in learning new stuff. I like education, I like weird stuff. And I, I used to have trouble sleeping. I, I didn't sleep very well just due to training and stuff. And I started listening to David Paul Edes about these missing people. And at first I thought, this is crazy. This guy's off his rocker. Mm. But then I started just looking into it a little bit more, reading a few things. And some of the cases that he was describing was crazy. And the more I thought about it, the more I wanted to make something where other people could be made aware of it. And that's what I did. And then I started looking at ghost stories. One thing leads to another, you go down the rabbit hole. And I thought, well, people might find this quite interesting. So I started up Strange States, just made up the name really, um, because strange stuff is in everyone's life, really. Everyone's got a strange story to tell. And mm. I started getting, you know, followers really quickly. I've only been doing strange states for about 15 months and it's up to nearly 15,000 followers. I've not had to work for that really. I'll just let the thing go. Um, so yeah, I've really enjoyed listening to other people. I like listening to other people. I'm a people person. I like listening to stories. I like listening to different people's accounts of stuff. And I like questioning stuff as well. I used to um, be on the radio in the UK, a little bit local radio where I interviewed people. So that was a natural progression, I suppose. Um, but yeah, Strange States is a, it's a funny one because I like to mix it up as well. I like to talk about JFK's assassination. I like to talk about werewolves. I like to talk about hitchhikers that have murdered people, that kind of thing. And Predominantly, it's for people to. This is why I think Strange States is fairly, fairly popular. It's something that you can give ten minutes to, and not have to think about any, not problems in your life, but like you can let go of things you've got to think about for ten minutes and read something and think, oh, that's really interesting, or that's a really weird video. Something that's going to fill your day with something to think about instead of like I said on, at the start of this we scroll through things on Facebook on Twitter that, that's just nonsense I don't really care what Beyonce's dress was at the Grammys I don't really care why you know Donald, Donald Trump is you know wearing a blue suit today and he wore a red one and, and is it because he's right I'm not really bothered I like reading stuff that I'm interested in and I think when you fill your life with stuff that you're interested in, your life gets better. You, you become more contented and do the things that you like. And I like telling people about strange stuff. And from what I've gathered, other people like reading it. So, yeah, you know, a lot of stuff with this podcast, people like listening to this kind of stuff. They like hearing different people's... I mean, I bet a lot of people haven't heard of Pale Crawlers and... Some people haven't heard of Wendy Goals, and some people don't know much about Bigfoot. 
but they can spend a couple of hours chilling out in the garden with the earbuds in and just listening to it and thinking, oh, holy shit, where's this place? I'm going to avoid that like the plague, you know. <laughs> it's, I think it's a good thing. And that's why strange states took off, I think. You know, before we kind of like wrap up though, Chris, I wanted, I wanted to ask um, YouTube channel, right? Yeah. I know I yeah. YouTube channel in the current works, right? In the pipeline, in the process, like coming out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, also because I'm a huge fan, you know, uh, you have a podcast plan for next year. Is that right? Yeah. So like um, I work full time anyway. This isn't like a job for me. It's just a hobby. Um, yeah. But I, the more the more feedback I get from people in messages and stuff asking me, you know, why, why isn't there a podcast and why is it the other <laughs> things to do with strange states? And I get lots and lots of messages, which is nice. Um, I've decided to do, put my efforts into doing a, a channel where yeah. I can, I can give people like video footage and stuff and interview interesting people. But I always want to do this as as professionally as possible and to make it so the content is good and the quality is right up there. Um, I did do a couple of little podcasts on um, Spotify and it was just me telling a few stories that I'd been told through Messenger. Um, and they were all right. That's, you know, they were cool, but it didn't really feel right to me. So I stopped it there and then, took a bit of time to like decide what I was going to do. But I've got to set up a studio and a good-looking studio as well. I want it to look professional. I want, I want the lighting to be right. I want the guests to be right. I want the content to be on point. And I think if you're going to do that, if you're going to take it a little bit further, and you'll know this with your podcast, you know, you have the idea of doing something. You have the idea of doing a podcast, but then that then takes a life of its own. So then you need equipment. You need help from other guests. You need the content to be there. And you'll know yourself to, for me to, for me to post something on Strange States, I've had to research it. I can't just look at something and think, oh, you know, uh, David Fravor just post a picture. You can't do that. You've got to research the guy. You've got to look yeah. at what he's, what he's been into. And you've got to give accuracy especially when you start to grow in numbers of followers as well. I mean, I've got nearly 15,000, which is a lot, but it's not a lot. But yeah. the more followers you get, the more accurate you have to be because I think as you, as you start to build a following, and you'll know this, you have to be seen to be doing things right. Mm. You have to be seen to be trying to do things correct. I mean, Joe Rogan, he's got, what, millions and millions of yeah. downloads of his podcast, but he tries to do things right. He tries to, and if he makes a mistake, he'll correct himself. Yeah. And I think that's important, you know. Um, content creators like ourselves, all of us who are on this podcast today, content creators are the new breed of entrepreneur, I think, hmm. because what we have is a unique insight into a subject that we want to give to other people. And we know we live in the instant world where our attention can be grabbed quite quickly away from stuff. So we have to create. So we have to give more emphasis into the product. It is a product that we give to other people. 
Mm-hmm. And if it's not interesting, they'll they'll move on. Unless it, yeah. it unless they're really into stuff, they'll move on quite quickly. So you really have to grab their attention and keep it. Every time they see your name, they see what you're putting out. It's like you just said, if you see Betty and Barney Hill on mine, because you're really into UFOs and stuff, you'll think, oh, I'll, I'll just click on that, just see what it is. And all it takes is three seconds, four seconds yep. to yep. find out. That's all it takes. Yep. And then you hook. You're fishing. That's yeah. all you're doing. You're just fishing. Yeah. And yeah. you put a good enough lure on your fishing rod, you cast it out and you'll get the right people. And they'll keep coming back. They'll keep coming mm. back. Where can folks find and follow you? And what should they be looking forward to from your account, from from your, you? So, like, I'm, I'm more of an Instagram guy. I quite like Instagram. There's a lot less negativity on Instagram. I used to be on Facebook with a personal account. I just found it a little bit tedious, a little bit um, negative. I, I'm, I'm not into that. I, I'm into fun. I like fun stuff. So, Instagram... You can find me on there. It's just strange states. There's a, it's a white picture now with um, a death moth from uh, Silence <laughs> of the Lambs on it. Uh, so you can find that. And I like people interacting as well. I like people commenting and stuff. And I like people to give their insight. So I love reading the comments. I'm a really big reader of comments. And I get, I must get about 50, 60 messages a week from different people about different things. Um, YouTube channels coming at the end of the year um, mm-hmm. I'll be collaborating with a lot of people hoping to collaborate with you guys if you'll have me um, yeah. and yeah podcasts will come off the YouTube channel and just so I'm, I'm a little bit of a filmmaker as well I like horror and I'm going to be doing a few personal little horror shorts as well um, I'll write scripts for I had a book deal uh, about four or five years ago, but I couldn't fulfill it because work got in the way. I used to own a gym and work got in the way. Um, so I might do something with that. Thank you again uh, so much. So, so, so much for joining us on the show. I hope you had a great time. Yeah. hope the listeners uh, enjoyed learning about this new uh, creepy cryptid, right? That's out there. And uh, I'm going to be honest. I hope every single thing that we speculated, thought of, assumed, read, covered tonight is completely 100% wrong in about three or four years. And everybody's just like, nah, man, that's not what a crawler is. I hope it kicks into the mainstream. I hope yeah. people classify it. I hope people are finding footprints or handprints or tree prints whatever the fuck it's got right you know i hope they're finding it i hope there's books made about it i hope little kids are crying over it i hope all that stuff's (laughs) happening in a few years and i hope that we are contributing to it um thank you all so much for joining us and chris thank you for joining i appreciate it thank you thank you cat report in our episode on the pale crawler with special co-host chris from strange states i'm still on the run from the pale crawler so please remember to like review and subscribe on your platform of choice follow us and strange states on instagram and look out for his new content daily you can catch us next week as we delve into myths and luck of the black cat with a special guest stay tuned for some extra content with chris's personal paranormal ghost story 
found me. Gotta run. Where do I start? I don't want to take up all your time. I'll, I'll make it as short as possible. So, 30 East Drive is based in a, a place called Pontefract in Yorkshire. Uh, and a friend of mine booked me on to this event that was going on. It was just an ex like a paranormal experience. She knew I was into this stuff and she took me there. She paid for the ticket, actually. It's really nice of her. Damn good friend. So, yeah, yeah, she's a really nice girl. So, um, as we drive in there, she's saying, oh, it's supposed to be really good. This is, there's supposed to be um, a guy called Fred who haunts the place, who the previous tenants of that house had massive issues with. The, the young girl who lived there was strangled by Fred um, using the blind um, rope. And she, she was seen levitating up the wall, supposedly. So on the way there, she's telling me how good this place is, you know, that we'll experience stuff. And it's a, it's a good event. I walk in with an eagle the size of, you know, Manhattan. Just, you know, I'm not believing anything anyone says. They did a little bit of table tipping. They did a little bit of Ouija board stuff, which I'm not really into. Nothing was happening. And I said to the organiser, would you mind if I went upstairs on my own? Because I want to I want to see something. He says, absolutely go upstairs. It's not a massive house. It's what we call um, a semi-detached house over here. So like two houses together. So you've got next doors, you've got the house. So we said, yeah, go, go for it, go upstairs. So I went in her room. I went in this girl's room where all this paranormal stuff was happening. Now, how they decked it out was in the 70s, like it was back then. They'd basically dressed the house as it was when all this stuff was going on. No one lives in that house anymore. It was bought actually by a film director who made the film When the Lights Go Out, which was a big film over here. Um, so I'm sitting on the on the bed in a small room and not expecting to hear anything, not expecting to see anything. I was on Facebook Live to my friends, just having a laugh and a joke. And I'm leaning against the wall and I heard what I can only describe as a garden rake just coming down the wall slowly, like a really loud scribe, uh, right behind my head. Now, my logical brain thinks that's got to be something outside, something got to have hit the wall outside because it's an outside wall. So I look out the window, nothing there, and I'm thinking, okay, fair enough. Might have been something, might have been the pipes. So I lean back again, and it's right behind my head now, this scribe is right behind my head and I'm thinking I'll move I'll move quickly and the people on Facebook Live are saying what's up and I said well someone's scraping I can't and I'm still not wanting to believe anything <laughs> so my feet are dangling off the bed right and the door which is ajar and it's all pitch black it's dark but some light shining through the window it's like some street light the door opens quickly no one's up there just mate the door opens quickly and hits the wall. So I immediately like sit up and think, okay, what the F is that? And then from underneath the bed, a small rubber ball starts rolling out through my feet and down the hall. And I'm trying to film it as it's doing it. And I caught a little bit of it. This tiny rubber green ball and I, 
unashamedly stole the ball from the house. <laughs> Got it in my head. And it rolled out and I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And I thought, there's no way that ball has moved from under the bed to now near the stairs. There's no way that's gonna... So me being me, I grab the ball, I'm looking at the ball, I look under the bed, there's nothing there. Downstairs, the guy had rigged up four small cameras, CCTV cameras. And when I, when I went downstairs, all the people that were at this event, which is about eight people, were just looking at me as I walked through the door with like jaws hitting the floor. And I said, what's up? <laughs> I've just had a really strange experience, what's up? They've said, we saw you sitting on the bed. We saw you sat on the bed on, on camera and you had about 50 orbs around you. And I and it rewound the tape and I saw these floating like candle flamed things going. And I'm thinking, well, I didn't see that, <laughs> but the camera picked it up. Uh, I accused the, the guy who was running it of playing games or in some way, shape or form, he was setting this up. And throughout the night, uh, just bad stuff was happening. And then eventually, long story short, eventually I ended up in the boiler area. It's not a boiler room, it's a boiler area. It's about the size of your cupboard. And I was sat and they, they called it the portal where a lot of this stuff was, they've had psychics there and a lot of these psychics have said, that's the place where this is coming from. All the problems are coming from this one spot. So stupid Chris goes to sit in it so I'm sat there just thinking, I've got to, you know, I've had some experiences here. I want to make sure I'm not going out absolutely psychopath here. Um, I get in there, I wait for about two minutes. Everyone's downstairs. And again, I'm hearing the scraping on the wall next to me. I'm thinking, well, that's not a good sign. And then <laughs> the door on its own, this is no word of a lie, the door on its own just kept slamming, 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 slamming. And they heard it from downstairs and they, and they ran upstairs. And they saw it on the CCTV, which was, and this is always the case, isn't it? The CCTV just caught the door. It didn't catch everything of it, but the door was just slamming and slamming and slamming. And I had to physically stop the door from slamming. And then I got this feeling of, you're not welcome here. I got like an overwhelming feeling of, you need to leave. And it was a really strange feeling and I don't scare easy. And it was a really, weird and if thinking about it now it was a really weird experience and I said to my friend it was about two in the morning we were meant to finish at six I said I don't want to be here anymore and she said what's up and I said I just don't feel right this, this, we shouldn't be here and she and she she knew I was serious so she said yeah we'll go home and on the way back home I was telling her everything that had happened and she said she didn't see anything or feel anything but I I did and it was a really weird experience and that really turned a switch something on in my head that, you know, we can't always explain everything.